stats, booms, busts, sleepers. Listen to Adam and Vincent with Fantasy Pandemic on Monday and Thursday evenings via Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Pandemic, at Fantasy Cajun, and at FF Little Finger. Welcome to the fifth edition of the Fantasy Pandemic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Bryce, along with my co-host, Vincent Argrave. Uh, you can give us a follow on Twitter at Fantasy Pandemic. Uh, you can give myself a follow at Fantasy Cajun, and you can give Vincent a follow at FF Littlefinger. Vincent, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I, I was jealous you had a creative name. You changed it, and I sat there and thought, and I realized that, you know, you win in fantasy or you die. So I am uh, embracing people that play in leagues with me. Um, I, get the, I get the Baelish treatment because I like to make big plays, and I'm sure we'll talk about strategy and stuff as it goes, but no one's ever accused me of uh, – slinging big names around for a draft i like making moves as much as i like playing so needed a change feel better about it i feel fresh got the beer, uh, the uh, mustache goatee going wearing my chaos as a ladder shirt so i'm ready i'm like pumped for some running back talk excellent well guys we're gonna uh we're gonna go through our top 24 running backs tonight uh this is a uh, ppr rankings or vincent and i have our own individual rankings and we're gonna just kind of go through them and just kind of pick them apart a little bit and we're going to kind of go through, go in sections here. We're going to talk about our top five running backs. Then we're going to go through six through 15, and then we're going to go uh, 16 through 24. So I uh, hope you can join us and uh, hope you like, like enjoy the listen. And I'm going to go and go through my top five, Vincent. Um, you know, first off, I've got, you know, obviously the, the number one lock, I think, in, in fantasy football history, maybe outside like LaDainian Tomlinson in 2003 or something. But Christian McCaffrey obviously is the number one lock at running back and probably number one lock overall. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, the safest play, even with the new quarterback change of offense, quarterback play can't be worse. Teddy is not yet proven to consistently want to throw the ball deep, so McCaffrey should be in no short supply of running back touches, um, either gives or you know even more passes. Um, I think one thing to uh, bring up, too, before we get even to number two, these are our PPR rankings. So um, some of that's skewed. Um, I don't do a standard league. Maybe one point we'll need to fill a podcast, but so these all of our stuff today is going to be PPR. But yeah, I think McCaffrey's the safest one. I wanted to put our number two or number three guy at number one, and then I looked at his points per game. Um, it just can't almost, be done. It is ten. He's he's nine and a half points per game better right. than the next guy. I mean, and that's that's not full season, which by the way he played, and that's not hurt injured, which he wasn't. Um, he, he's just. He was the offense. I think they will spread it a little more. I don't think it matters for uh, McCaffrey. I think he is – He, you could argue that somebody may finish better, but I don't want to bet that on draft day, not at this point. Hell no. And I did – I wanted to stop with McCaffrey because I just felt like McCaffrey kind of deserved, deserved his own little, you know, segment there because he is that good, and he is that good in fantasy football, and he is the number one lock pick this year. And 99% of the leagues, you'll have Christian McCaffrey, you know, pick number one overall, and he is just that good. And I don't think, you know, it's going to change much uh, this year with Teddy Bridgewater coming in. Uh, rolling down to two through five, I've got Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, obviously, you know, Zeke is, you know, a big back. He's you know, consistently finishing the top 10, whether he's suspended or he's holding out for a contract or whatever Zeke does, Zeke does. But at the end of the day and the end of the season, he's going to get you a top 10 finish and PPR. And that's why he's definitely deservedly, you know, the number two running back overall in my rankings. Going to Saquon Barkley at number three, Dalvin Cook at number four, and Alvin Kamara at number five. I kind of rattled these names off together because – Dalvin Cook really, uh, you know, super seed expectations last year. He he finished number two overall, right behind McCaffrey as far as your PPR running backs are concerned. Saquon kind of fell back a little bit. I felt like he kind of had that sophomore slump, uh, and that's kind of what I expected uh, from Saquon last year. Incoming, you know, Daniel Jones as a rookie quarterback. How long was Eli going to last? Obviously, it wasn't that long because he was pathetic. Uh, you know, plus the injuries and the suspensions. And really, it was Saquon seeing eight-man, nine-man boxes. And, you know, Saquon is a great running back, and he's going to do great things this year. But it's even tough for him to face eight- and nine-man boxes. And, you know, he was just facing these all the time. And, you know, he just had nowhere to go. But, you know, you're looking at Alvin Kamara, who was kind of on a, you know, a, a half of a leg, 
you know, so to speak, uh, one of his legs. He said he just had had a knee injury most of the season. He still finished as you know a, a low end RB one. You know that's saying a lot for someone who was kind of on a half leg. I mean, what do you think, Vincent? No, I definitely agree. I, I will say that uh, we have the exact order, which I was surprised for one through five. Um, I Zeke to me is the safest um, of all of them because, like you said, I mean it doesn't matter if he doesn't even play, he still finishes. So, and I think some of my rankings, especially going down, comes from uh, a security standpoint along with upside. So I try to weigh the two when I draft, especially. Um, and even when I draft different positions, you know, I, you know, we, depending on who I get at running back may be uh, affected to who I reach for at wide receiver. You know, if you look for a little boom bust, you try to level that out. Um, I think Dalvin, the, you know, like you said, the volume, um, I have Alexander Madison at Dynasty. I think I had Alexander Madison in every team I had last year waiting for the breakdown to happen. So uh, to Cook's credit, he definitely proved me wrong. I did not have a share of Cook. Um, even when I had the opportunity and that offense is proven to want to run through the, you know, absolutely through the running game. You know, I think getting rid of digs proves that in and of itself. Um, I think Madison will probably get more run and I don't think that's going to be at the extent of Dalvin cook, because I think that's how their offense wants to function. I think Saquon's in for a huge year. Personally, I think Daniel Jones is going to be a second year guy. You have hopefully all your pieces healthy, at least at the beginning of the year, Daniel, if Daniel Jones can support enough threat to get that eighth person out of the box between Slayton and Shepard, um, Ingram, is Tate still there? I don't know. Um, I don't <laughs> care about him in fantasy, but that having another receiver, you know, a slot guy, whoever it is, even as Golden, I, I think, think that's still there. Right. So, and I think he has the uh, you know, McCaffrey upside on the passing ability. He's the next best uh, receiver out of those top four. Um, I, you know, I do have Kamara right now at the start of my second tier. Um, so, but he's still my fifth running back. I think Kamara is the best pass catcher behind McCaffrey. Um, uh, but Barkley gets the volume and, uh, the run and he can break 170 at any point. He probably has the most big play potential even past Zeke a little bit. I think Zeke, you just see that volume and it's just safe and he's just churning and he's eating first downs up. But uh, Barkley and Cook feel like they can take it to the house on any given play. And Kamara is probably in the best offense, the most dynamic. So it's, there's no way to really cue on him if he's healthy. And, before, you know, everybody's expectation last year was Ingram was going to be gone. He was going to get that volume, you know, because Latavius is suitable backup and he is a suitable, you know, uh, breather guy. But he wasn't as good as Ingram was going to be. And those first few games, you know, first five, I think, where Kamara was getting it, he was on pace for stupid numbers. Now, he was going to be in a race with McCaffrey um, to try to finish in that top two. And, you know, he got banged up. Breeze goes down, you know, everybody. And he never really fully recovered from that injury. And that's what, you know, you always worry about with every running back. Is that injury going to happen? So, um, you know, I feel safe with any of these guys. I hope I pick in the top five or I hope I pick in the top six and somebody goes Michael Thomas because I'm going to go one of these running backs and feel very happy about it. Well, that's a whole other conversation with Michael Thomas. Uh, I saw an expert's draft uh, yesterday that was done over the weekend, and uh, Scott Engel uh, picked Michael Thomas three overall, which uh, I thought was bold. I'm not sure I would be that bold considering uh, the running backs that we're staring at. Um, I think Michael Thomas is, is good good as gold. I'm sure he's going to be the number one receiver again this year in PPR, but uh, I'm not sure I would take him over these five running backs right now. Um, you know, going back to Alvin Kamara, I do think that with Emmanuel Sanders coming there and Jared Cook coming under another year of that offense, I think that's going to spread out just a little bit more for Alvin Kamara. And, and Kamara doesn't need, uh, you know, many, many big, large holes to, to get through and to take one to the house. We've all seen it done many a times. And with Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders coming out, that opens up the door just a little bit more. And I think Alvin Kamara could be on, on the verge of a big season coming up in 2020. But I I, I absolutely agree, especially with that volume. And the one thing, another, like you said, Cook and Sanders, they have the best skill players around them. Uh, So he does have the most to share with, you know, and Michael Thomas obviously is going to get his volume. And those other guys don't have that threat. I mean, McCaffrey has a lot of good receivers around him. None of them, Michael Thomas, you know, Ian Thomas is not going to be Cook. You know, Saquon can have good pieces, but it's clear he's the best one. And Zeke, you know, you have Amari Cooper, 
But the reason Amari Cooper has these huge plays and these huge games is mainly because there's Zeke that has to demand that responsibility. So, you know, I, I think it's a great piece of a great puzzle. My, my only concern, I'll say this, and I'll put it here on the side, of all these guys, the only concern I have for McCaffrey is when we go through these running backs, everything is ranked, at least I ranked it, as is right now. Not what they need in the draft. I'll reshuffle rankings with the rookies and stuff coming in. So this is how the O-line looks. This is how the team looks right now. McCaffrey is the one most likely to get screwed in the draft out of these top five guys, though. Um, that is my only concern. If they see the volume that he took and, you know, you know, Rule and Brady have a guy that they want to get in there, whether it's a bigger guy or another spread pass-catching guy that just takes a little bit off because he would sit out like a play a game. Uh, I, 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 it's hard to say that it won't happen again, but it's hard to imagine that something does not give. Zeke has a competent backup. But nobody, they're not going to draft another running back in uh, New York because they already got crushed for drafting Barkley. They're building everything else. Cook has his backup. Kamara's got Latavius. They know what their roles are. My only concern on McCaffrey is that post-draft, I don't think it takes away from him being the number one safest pick, but maybe limits some of that huge upside. Yeah, uh, you're definitely right about that. And I could definitely see them grabbing, you know, a running back, say, in the third or fourth round, uh, someone who could spell McCaffrey a little bit because he has had a lot of tread on his t- uh, worn off of those tires over the past couple of years. But, you know, I feel I still think he would be the number one overall pick, even even if they got a number uh, a running back in the third round. I know you probably feel the same way. So, no, um, absolutely. I just that, you know, just just for, you know, devil's advocate sake. So we're a month out. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, moving on, looking uh, at our running backs, uh, 6 through 14. I'm going to rattle my uh, 6 through 14 off. And then, uh, Vince, I'll let you kind of give me give me your little critique. Uh, you know, at 6, I think this is probably kind of a surprise, uh, you know, when I look at your rankings and uh, I look at some of the other experts. So I've got Joe Mixon at 6. I've got Josh Jacobs at 7. I've got Derrick Henry at 8. Uh, Aaron Jones at 9. Austin Eckler at 10. Uh, Leonard Fournette at 11. Uh, Kenyon Drake at 12. Uh, these next two running backs, I, I'm really high on. They're both sophomore, uh, second-year guys uh, who are kind of, you know, taking over as those lead dogs. You know, unlike last year where, you know, Devlin Singletary, who I have sitting at number 13, you know, was kind of fighting with Frank Gore a little bit. I uh, was fighting with T.J. Yeldon a little bit. Well, now, you know, Frank Gore's gone. Devlin Singletary steps into that role, and I think he has the potential in that offense with Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, uh, Dawson Knox. I think that offense is going to, you know, take another step up, especially with New England taking a step back. And I think Singletary, you know, I have him ranked as my RB13 overall, but it wouldn't be surprised me at all if he finished in the top 10. And that's the same for the ghost of this next guy who, you know, doesn't have Jordan Howard of Philadelphia anymore. And that's Miles Sanders, who if you go look back at his last five to six games, he was having double-digit carries every game. And then he was also having five to six targets every game. Miles Sanders may have won some of you some leagues last year. Uh, I didn't really have a crack at him. Um, I never really uh, had the fantasy arsenal uh, to be able to draft him. I always had some other needs. Uh, and he was going a little higher for my my sake last year, but uh, this year he's he's certainly uh, up there. He's at number 14 in my rankings, and he certainly could sneak up into that top 10 uh, with the high-flying offense in Philadelphia. You know, Hopefully Carson Wentz can stay healthy. He definitely need a receiver because Alshon Jeffrey's kind of on his last leg. Deshaun Jackson, I'm not even sure. Is Deshaun Jackson even on Philadelphia anymore? As far as I know, he is still on the team. I don't know. He may have a torn abdominal muscle still. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, so you're not counting on yeah, you're not counting on Deshaun Jackson. So you're you're counting on those two tight ends and Ertz and Goddard, but and that's another conversation for another day. And last but not least, at 15, I've got Mark Ingram. Uh, Mark Ingram had 15 touchdowns in a high, high-powered offense in Baltimore last year. Uh, that's a high number for Mark Ingram. I'm not sure he can duplicate that. Um, I kind of wonder if, if Justin, Justice Hill is going to you know, maybe take a step up and do what he was getting drafted for, and that was takeover for Gus Edwards. But somehow or another, that never happened last year, and Justice Hill was just basically nobody last year. Uh, Gus Edwards, meanwhile, you know, uh, vulturing a few touchdowns for Mark Ingram, but Mark Ingram still had a great season. Uh, Vincent, what do you think about that? No, it's it's amazing because uh, we don't we we don't talk about this before. You know, we text and Twitter and all this, but we don't uh, we don't like talk about rankings in depth. And it's amazing how similar they are. Um, so my sixth going down. So I'm an Austin Eckler guy. I'm putting my flag in the ground based off of what they have, based off of what I think they're going to do. I uh, 
Eckler's my sixth guy. I feel, especially in PPR, I feel good about it. I know Rivers is the king of the dump down to the freaking running backs, but I think what little bit of mobility Tyrod may have left is going to open things up a little bit for him. And Tyrod still throws the running backs more than um, league average. Not Rivers, because Rivers may lead the league in that. But I think uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm planting my flag at the moment for Eckler. We're going to see how the draft goes, but I feel really good. I'm hoping that a lot of people rankings like this because there are going to be a lot of drafts, especially if, you know, I'm in fifth and I get Kamara. Somehow my sixth guy may be there, you know, based off of your rankings. And once you insert some wide receivers and a crazy quarterback draft and Kelsey, you know, I may be able to get a one-two punch of like Kamara Eckler, which would be – Yeah, that would be incredible. It would be absolutely – yeah. What, what is your thought? Did you see what Tyrod Taylor uh, said to some local newspaper? Uh, yeah, about- they said they're going to turn heads, high flying, a la uh, Joe Burrow preseason uh, last year for LSU. How do you feel about that? And, you know, they're obviously saying uh, the Chargers are having interviews with Justin Herbert. I, my, I don't know if Tyrod plays 16 games. I think that's probably safe to say he doesn't. I think that reflected in our rankings the other day. I'm not as anti-T-Mobile as a lot of people are. I thought that um, he was not what Cleveland needed based off of the direction Cleveland went and to where Cleveland was. But it's not like all of a sudden Baker, you know, he had a couple big splash games and then reality hit there as well. I think for a team that thinks they know that they can win right now with that defense and the other pieces around it, um, and they look, they didn't have to play Eckler. I mean, pay Eckler. They could have kept him on his restricted tag and paid him that, but they extended him. They paid him. They let Melvin Gordon walk. Justin Jackson's been there for a while as a serviceable backup, you know, a good two that you know is going to get some spell. And, look, Eckler did it last year. Um, and I think that it is very true. You know, Tyrod's not a great quarterback. But Phillip Rivers looked dunzo last year, and we both think that he probably has a lot more upside at Indy based off of just where those teams are at. So, you know, I, I think that uh, – they're, they're, they have to be in shootouts with the division they're in. And, you know, Denver's defense isn't what they were, but they're still pretty decent. And they're going to slow the clock down. Who knows what Vegas is going to be? And then, you know, you got to chase Kansas City. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity for a lot of points in with, or excuse me, San Diego with the um, Los Angeles Chargers. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think it's just smoke. Obviously, it's confidence. That's what they got to say. But, I mean, my rankings support at least what my belief is. I'm 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 in on Eckler. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Eckler's a solid running back. Uh, I think he's going to have. Uh, I don't think he's going to finish in top. I think he finished number three overall in PPR, I believe, of running backs. I'm not sure he's going to be that high, but I could easily see him finishing a top ten just because of his usage. It's, it's going to be so high over there. You know. Um, well, his average running... points. His average points per game last year. I think he was sixth. And that was with Melvin Gordon on the back half of the season. Now, you know, Melvin never looked like he really got going. But there were significant touch switches where Melvin Gordon started getting more, a lot more carries and the touches ended up being what and what. So he was top six, you know, a lot of that coming from the beginning of the year, I'm sure. But he, he got way down on the back end of the year by having to share with who may be the bell cow in, you know, Denver now. So Justin Jackson won't demand that unless, depending on how the draft goes, he is clearly the number one and may not get the bell cow carry, but he, I think, will get the bell cow touches. Yeah, um, looking uh, after Eckler, I see you have uh, 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 Henry, you have Leonard Fournette, and then talk about number nine, Kenyon Drake. That's a, that's a lofty number for Kenyon Drake in Arizona. Right. I, I looked at it, and I, I think if all this hype is on this passing game, this spread offense, and the uh, disbursement that's going to happen, and the coverage that Hopkins is going to draw, and, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's essentially the tight end in the middle now, and Christian Kirk, and all these speed, you know, second-year receivers. I just don't – I don't know how they can stop Drake. And Drake, when he played, when he got – once he got away from the freaking serial killer of, you know, Miami, and they let him loose, and he got run, he has been in his career great per touch. Now, he must be an idiot or an asshole or a coach's wife banger because he always gets, like – shoved down but they let him go last year he was premium when he played the offense only got better and I don't even we're not even talking about just the running game just in as far as like blocking and everything else just the scheme itself should support him in the spread you know option Murray is obviously a threat to run 
So it's everything you want in a running back. So if I if I'm going to rank stuff, I'm going to rank for you know upside and volume. And Drake is guaranteed both. Chase Edmonds is a very serviceable backup. So if you're a handcuffing person, this is a good situation to where I feel comfortable handcuffing Drake with Edmonds because I think the offense is going to support that guy and a guy. Um, I mean, you have him at twelve. You know, most it's not like we're you know we're not cutting teeth here but i i just no, not at all I, but i do think that that upside is there um you know you said henry and fournette you know our top 12 is the exact same just in different order um you know you have <laughs> eckler a little lower i'm a drake guy um i was actually uh surprised and happy you know i have aaron jones at 10 you have him at nine uh, i just i know he was good and it me- i'm this uh, there are a couple guys that i want to freely admit the jury's out and i do not want to be held you know for blood and my firstborn on this podcast for running back rankings. I want to look at Aaron Jones. I want to see how it goes. Um, and I want to look at Mixon, you know. Um, so I go Drake, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon. And Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon are where you and I differentiate. Um, I have Mixon at 12. You have him at six. I think Joe Mixon has everything I just said Drake has. But I just feel like it's always that way for Mixon and something always happens and it's not always his fault you know he still plays for Cincinnati and he's played for Cincinnati when they've been really really bad and AJ Green's not out there and the quarterback play is subpar and or they pull Andy Dalton's because they want to tank for a better uh, better pick um I think Burrow's gonna be better than any sort of replacement you know their tryouts they had last year once they replaced the red rifle um that offensive line is still pretty shabby uh I know, you know, Joe will check it down. We'll see what the offense wants to do. That's one. That's probably our biggest differential. And I know I'm in the minority as far as a lot of the experts are, experts are as well. And him and uh, him and Drake, well, him specifically is the one that I, I'll hold the jury um, on that. What you have mixing at six. What sell me? Why? Why? What am I missing? I mean, well, first of all, I think he's he is the easy bell cow. Um, He's usually doesn't have a whole lot behind him. Gio has been often injured. Uh, and I have a lot of confidence in Joe Burrow coming in. I, I got to see Joe Burrow firsthand for two years, uh, you know, especially last year and the offense that he led. Uh, Joe was deadly accurate, and, and it was just amazing how accurate he was. And I think with A.J. Green coming back, maybe have a little, you know, rejuvenation after a year off, basically. Uh, he comes in. You've got Auden Tate there. You've got Tyler Boyd there. You need to make some changes in the offensive line. You need to beef up a little bit better. Uh, you know, you've got a, you know a, a new coaching staff in there, or, or I'm sorry, you know, not a new coaching staff, but you still have uh, what's his name, uh, Zach Smith. No, uh, well, I, if you wouldn't ask me, I was about to tell you. Um, keep going, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I can't think of his name anyway, but you know, uh, he was in. I think it was first year last year. Uh, you know, Dalton obviously struggled, but uh, I do have a lot of confidence in Joe Burrow, and I think Joe Mixon is a great running back despite all the problems he had last year uh, with the offense, with Andy Dalton, with A.J. Green not there, and Tyler Boyd taking over. Uh, you know, Tyler Eifer was hurt. Uh, the offensive lines in shambles. They're tanking for, for a quarterback. You know, Joe Mixon still managed to be a, a mid-tier RB2, and towards the end of the season, he was really playing on an RB1 pace, and I really think that's the pace that he can keep up. He, he's a great runner between the tackles. He can bust long runs. He can get you, get you short yardage situations, and those are situations that you know Gio Bernard's not really good in. Uh, Gio's often injured. Uh, Mixon, I feel like, is a three-down running back. They don't really have a tight end right now, so I think Joe Mixon can take advantage. You know, Joe Burrow does like to dump it off, uh, you know, into the into the um, onto the flats a lot. You know, he did that a lot at LSU with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Uh, I feel like Mixon excels like that. He's I think he's a great receiver uh, out of the backfield. And you know, those are kind of some of the reasons why I have Joe Mixon that high. I, I do believe in that offense, and I do believe in Joe Burrow, and that's why I think Joe Mixon's going to excel. I think you know, under he really hasn't had a great offense in Cincinnati since he's been in Cincinnati. It's always been Andy Dalton. A.J. Green's been hurt. Tyler Eifert's been hurt. And it's really kind of been, you know, the Joe Mixon show. And to to his best of ability, he's had some pretty good seasons so far in his young career. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, you know, I and that's, I guess, where I have him ranked. Um, it, you know, it, like you said, he was, you know, still RB2. Uh, it's probably very much recency bias on my part. Um, I was just looking at his game log. First half of the year, he was terrible. Second half, like you said, he got that volume, even though it was not the most productive, but they were bad. 
So um, that's one, you know, like I said, there he could be by the end of, you know, by the time the season rolls around, he probably is going to be my biggest mover um, of all the running backs. Um, I, I was surprised how high you are on Josh Jacobs. I thought I was high on Josh Jacobs at 11. Um, but he is, you know, uh, you know, I'm bold at Drake at nine. I mean, you got him up there at number seven. I, I heard all the stuff that he's going to be more involved in the passing game. Um, I like the boldness of the ranking. I just, when I did it, I didn't see, you know, I, I guess you understood how I couldn't, you know, put him in, you couldn't put him in front of Drake and, you know, him and Henry and Fournette, uh, I think are all kind of in that group together where there is no other threat. They're going to get the volume. None of them are great pass catchers. Fournette's proven he can take a volume of it. Henry probably can. They just haven't let him. And they said they're going to get Jacobs involved. So it's that, you know, Alabama, LSU running backs that just, you know, they're the volume guys. Um, I just, for me, I'll take the upside of Drake, what I think it could be, some of his uh, dynamics. And I think Aaron Jones, I feel, I, I, I felt bad for ranking, ranking Aaron Jones where I did, but they have, you know, as, as much as we say, or as much as I say that I did these rankings based off of right now, not at the draft, there's still voices in the back of my head where you hear LaFleur talk, well, we would need a third running back. And you just, you hear these things and it's just, <laughs> he is great per touch. He plays with Aaron Rodgers. If the Packers can stay healthy and then keep Aaron up and they can find a number two receiver, you know, I think they need at least a little bit of help just to open it up for Aaron Jones. He's great. I'm all about the free Aaron Jones, but until like he gets completely let loose, I feel better with him at 10. Um, I completely understand where you're at with Mixon. I'm big on Jacobs. I hope he has a year you have, um, are expecting him. Um, and it's hilarious because we have Singletary and, my, uh, Singletary and Sanders 13 and 14. So, again, two guys. Last year, you know, a lot of people got tricked in fantasy where, you know, historically the rookie running backs are able to step in, especially when you go back to the year before. You know, these rookies, young guys come in and they just freaking ball out. So everybody and everybody waits for a wide receiver to break out in his third year. Well, last year it kind of flipped. The rookie wide receivers were much safer plays week in and week out where Sanders, Montgomery, Singletary, you know, they always had some obstacle in the way to get to that level um, of where you feel comfortable with it. So I feel good as them with RB2s. I think Singletary can be a big mover. Sanders is another one I think is probably going to get freaking sacrificed in the draft, unfortunately, because Philly – has shown that they consistently want to use multiple backs despite who the best player on the field is. And then uh, instead of Ingram at 15, um, I have Chubb. Uh, Chubb to me is, uh, is top six, top five, top four, if Kareem Hunt's not there. So I think that he is in that top tier with those other guys, feel great with him at six, but they showed last year that they want to, you know, Hunt is a good enough player to get touches. Now you got a new staff. We'll see how things change. But um, until Hunt's gone, he is the best. They're the best one-two punch in the league. And I don't think it's close as far as like actual replacement level, who's going to be there. So that's why I got Chubb down. Uh, I just, the volume hasn't been there. Uh, really yeah, interested. No, go ahead. I, I couldn't disagree with you more about Chubb and, and Hunt. And to be honest with you, if Chubb's not there, I think Hunt is a top six or a oh, top five running back. I completely agree. That's the they, crazy thing about it. They 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 completely vulture each other. They uh and yeah, you know, think it, here's it, you're going to be dependent on like scouting points, where you know in the in the summer and going in, you know, it's impossible to really get anything. How it's going to be, you never really know. Um, so you you want to follow those beat reporters as close as you can. Try to get a better feel, but there's a lot of really dynamic pieces in Cleveland. And, you know, Chubb may be the one that should get the most touches out of all of them. And it's just, I don't feel like it's going to happen. And as a football team, I don't think that it's beneficial. As fantasy, it'd be great for us. But, you know, it's going to be tough. And a lot of these, you know, Brown players uh, are going to get punished in the rankings and expectations just because they're all going to play, they're all going to vulture against each other. So, yeah. you know, and Chubb was a great pass catcher. Well, you, you just brought in Hooper, who I'm not going to be high on, but that's still that, – that's the area of the field where you're go, you would see Chubb, and you still have Njoku. And it's just, you know, and Jarvis. It's just there's so many options. A lot that, of mouths to feed. Yeah, just a lot of mouths. So, um, all right, well, out of the, that group, who's going who's gonna to prove us wrong? Who's making that top five jump? Who who is making because that top five jump? Um, here's the thing: somebody's going to get hurt in the top five. 
and it's whoever I pick probably. So I'll let y'all know how my drafts go. But whoever it is, is going to be my guy. But if Zeke goes down, Saquon goes down again, Dalvin Cook goes down again, McCaffrey gets, you know, kind of vultured, who's good enough to not just go to the top five based off of injury, but who can, who's going to be able to threaten them? Um, honestly, I, I think the name you kind of highlighted earlier, and that's Kenyon Drake. And that offense uh, in Arizona with the, the scoring and the, the power, high-powered offense that uh, uh, Kyler Murley kind of directs over there with Cliff Kingsbury, I think Drake has the, all, all the opportunity in the world. And, you know, going down the stretch, Kenyon Drake was an RB1, you know, solid play at week in, week out, play after play. You know, he was making big plays and scoring big points in fantasy. Uh, if I had to pick one running back who could vault, vault to the top five, and it wouldn't really surprise me because he was so poorly misused in Miami. Thank God he got out of there so he could actually, you know, showcase his talents. I think Kenyon Drake could finish in that top five if, you know, push comes to shove. Yeah, I like it. And, um, you know, of mine, you know, obviously this is kind of hedges of bets, but, you know, Mixon obviously could be – I mean, you have him at six, so it's not a stretch for you. Um, Mixon's mine. If everything you say comes to fruition and he does get the full volume – and whatever, Travion Williams or whatever doesn't start threatening for carry. I agree with you, Geo's a breather now. And the offense can get moving. They have the most pieces to support it. Um, you know, you look at the other guys. Uh, Aaron Jones obviously can if he's not getting vultured the whole time. And I just don't, you know, I just don't feel good about that. You know, Henry and Fournette, um, I, if Henry gets the volume and he can stay healthy, he's going to be great. PPR is going to hold him back a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think Fournette, the team's going to hold him back a little bit. And I just don't – I don't see Jacobs as that – as dynamic. I think Jacobs is a great I, – I feel good with him as my RB1, but I would know that I would have a – you know, he he's on that – to me, he's on that lower RB1 uh, ranking, and I would have a good receiver with him, you know, talking about. So, yeah, I feel good. You know, I, if I had to say it, I, obviously I'd say Eckler, but I have him at six, so that's not freaking – changing it that's not yeah. that's not raising any eyebrows by the way zach taylor um is a coach in cincinnati for okay for i knew it was zach something yeah i was off on the last name oh well no big deal all right well uh, I'll, you know, I'll jump ahead of you now and i'll go so okay. i stopped at 15 with chubb i feel like th- this group coming up is kind of like the the old man right group that's kind of on their last leg type of group well i i agree i i it's either well, well, we'll get to it because there's a couple names that actually kind of surprise me. Some we have them where that we do, so maybe we're stupid, which is very <laughs> likely. Um, I drank in between this ranking, so between who knows. So I go uh, 16 with Chris Carson. Um, I think if uh, they're saying he's on track to be ready for the beginning of the season, he's going to be healthy. They trust him to a fault. The volume is there. Um, I rode Chris Carson for a long time last year. And just Seattle wants to run the ball as good as Russell Wilson is as good as the other pieces are around him. They want to run the football. And Chris Carson is it. You know, Penny's not shown anything, you know, to threaten that. Um, I think if they could get any sort of run out of Penny, they turn him for, you know, a a case of beer. But my my concern about Carson, is he going to be healthy come week one? That's right now. I'm, I'm ranking it. They said he's looking good. He's supposed to be ready. That's, where I'm at, um, if he is now, again, you know, he easily, you know, you start getting reports, he's sitting out, he's not at OTAs, you know, there, you know, you get into the preseason. I'm definitely, I, I completely, oh, yeah. I completely, I, I am assuming health and scheme support, but easily drops down. I mean, he drops down 10 spots if he's not ready, because I think they're so oh, yeah. close in this range that yeah. I go, I have Ingram at 17. Um, I think you're going to see some regression on the touchdowns. Um, you know, I think, Baltimore's still going to score a lot of points. I think they're going to do it maybe, you know, a little bit more throwing and maybe a little bit more Justice Hill. Um, not that, you know, it's life-altering, but Ingram had 15 touchdowns last year. That's tough to repeat. Alvin Kamara proved it this year. I mean, I, I, he was still a good running back, but not for where you drafted him in the top four. So I don't think Ingram can support that again. Uh, the offense may. I just you, – you can't assume that it's all going to go to Mark. Um, I go Gurley at 18. Uh Right now, he's the only guy in Atlanta. And if they don't have to run him between the tackles or they don't have to run him the whole game because you still have Julio, Calvin really is expected to make the big jump. Uh, Matt Ryan is a professional quarterback that, you know, he is going to run the offense. So I think that's somebody – you'll probably see something in the draft in Atlanta that we'll see how that hurts Gurley's value. But even last year, 
with an arthritic knee and they were holding back his carries, he still was a two running back in a good two. You know, he was thr- you know, he might have been closer to you know the low end ones, and he it's, he still has enough in the tank, I think, to support that value. One that I am concerned about having this low is 19. I have Le'Veon. Um, I don't think he's done. Uh, the Jets have revamped their offensive line probably more than anybody. Uh, so, but they lost Robbie Anderson, which is or is whatever, and they got Perriman in. But until they can put together an offense and use any player right, I am down on Adam Gase. He's he just doesn't he's not going to use Bell right. It's just yeah he's going to Kenyon Drake him. I don't think I don't think Gase is going to use Bell right, and that's why I have you know Bell ranked at seventeen. You've got him at nineteen. It, it makes perfect sense. I, I don't think Bell is done, but uh, I don't think Adam Gase is going to use him right. I think Adam Gase is an idiot, and I think he's going to lose his job at the end of the season. Right. Well, if he loses his job mid if he can lose it mid season, it might be great for Le'Veon. So anybody yeah. else is going to come in and like, hey, look, he's got a big contract. We're going to freaking make him earn it. But because, um, you know, you can handle the volume. So honestly, all those guys, um, including my next one, James Conner at 20. He's I think he's a volume guy. I know Jalen Samuels and them are good replacement backups. Um, they're good spellers. They offer a little bit of different. But I think the volume's there. And I think being the running back for the Steelers, at least the 1A, uh, carries water, carries points with it. But those five guys are all number ones with the volume that I just don't think have the upside. But they all kind of fit in that same range. And if you tell me you want Connor because he's the younger one out of all of them, I completely understand. You tell me Bell because of the volume and he's the best pass catcher out of the group, I completely understand. Uh, You know, maybe if we look at it that way, if they could start the season healthy in New York, maybe you're not – the bells uh is not going to be used right but maybe his this volume increases enough so i could easily see him moving up to me to the top of this group um but right now like i said as it is and where i feel comfortable drafting it like i i think i know what i get with chris carson i think i know what you get with ingram like if those are your number two running backs you probably went running back receiver receiver and i think you're going to feel good about that um and connor as well so yeah, definitely. You know, and I, I kind of have similar rankings. You know, it's kind of what you have. You know, uh, going. I have Chubb at sixteen. I do have Bell at seventeen. Gurley at eighteen. James Conner nineteen. Uh, going down to my twentieth guy, I've got Melvin Gordon. Uh, you know, uh, you've got Gordon at twenty-two. I've got Gordon at twenty. Uh, I do worry about um, uh, Philip Lindsay over there. I think Philip Lindsay is, is uh, still a capable back, and I think he's going to be kind of like uh, Melvin Gordon's Eckler uh, in in Denver this year. I think he's going to cut into Melvin Gordon's time, even though they paid Melvin Gordon, you know, a nice little handsome contract. I think he's still going to cut into Melvin Gordon's time. Melvin Gordon is a more than capable back. Uh, Denver still has some holes in the offensive line. They need to fill. They need to get a new center. Uh, Garrett Bowles has not really worked out at tackle. They need some help over there. They need some help at second receiver right now. I mean, you've got Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick uh, opposite side of Cortland Sutton. And then you got Noah fan tight end. Uh, you know, they've got some pieces there, but uh, I just think with Philip Lindsay back there, along with Melvin Gordon, uh, I think it's going to cut into Melvin Gordon a little bit, and that's why I've got him ranked at 20, and you've got him ranked at 22. Right, and I think Melvin Gordon could make a huge jump. Um, they had an article came out uh, a few days ago where, you know, one of the uh, Denver Beat guys is saying they're going to use Melvin Gordon as a bell cow. And you're like, wow, they got Philip Lindsay who's been successful. Royce has been there. But the reason they got Melvin Gordon is because Philip Lindsay – when he does catch the ball is dynamic, but he's terrible in passing situations. He's not a good pass blocker, uh, which no. limits his opportunity to do it. Melvin Gordon, even though, you know, physically you look at him, you're like, Oh, that's the, you know, that's the heavy hitter. That's the scat back type guy, but it's the exact opposite. You know, Gordon can go. Gordon is so much more of a complete back than Philip Lindsay. It's not even funny, which is why they brought him in. So now you have a first down, second down guy, but he's also your best pass protector and best receiving back now. So, you know, I agree with you. I ranked him down here um, because of the the running back room. You know, Lindsey's shown run. I think Eckler is a much better running back than Philip Lindsey. So, and I think he offered, Eckler offered similar skill set that Melvin Gordon did as well. So, he also is another guy that can make a big leap. Um, 
you know, I definitely, I, I haven't met 22. Honestly, it was before I read that comment, uh, you know, so, but I wasn't going to start re-ranking stuff, you know, with all the time we have left. So I see uh, if that's, if that comes to fruition or maybe they, you know, are able to move, you know, Philip Lindsay or they move Royce, but I think, you know, if, especially if they move Lindsay, um, you know, he could move up easily into that, you know, that 10 to 15 range uh, and feel good about it. Uh, one thing I did realize while I was doing these rankings is I feel really good with a lot of running backs. I feel really good with a lot of receivers too. Like they right now it's a perfect world because everybody's healthy and nothing's going to shit. Um, <laughs> so if you feel good about these guys <clears throat> and you know, this, 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 this top 24, I really do feel like if they're my number two and my running backs, you know, my running back shake out my, the rest of my team looks good. I, I don't know if, you know, if I go McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, and I, that volume is going to be there, I feel great about it, you know, and you loaded up everything in between. So um, it's all going to depend on those carries, you know. So I, like you said, I yeah. have Gordon at 22. One spot above him, I have Damian Williams. And this is – that was probably – it probably is an overranking, but right now I'm assuming healthy. He's the number one running back in the best offense in the league. And he's shown what he can do when given the opportunity. He's screwed his opportunity more than once. But if they do not draft somebody, hopefully it's because Darwin Thompson's going to make a big jump. But if not, Damian Williams, if he's the one getting the RB1 treatment for Andy Reid, where he likes to use a guy, and they don't, he doesn't have right now, unless Darwin Thompson is ready to take a step, you know, Daryl Williams and uh, Spencer Ware. And the rest of the freaking LSU, you know, third tier running backs show up. There's just there is no real threat, and I don't think he is by far. He's so far even below the guys as far as running back skill set wise. But he has the opportunity and the offense. Yeah, I just worry about Damian Williams. He he screwed a lot of people last year, including my buddy Trace, who I gave him hell about. Uh, he was some he was not somebody I was high on last year. I'm not overly high on him again this year. I just I don't trust Damian Williams. I know he's in a high-powered offense, but I just feel like there's someone more talented either who's not on that team yet or his name's Darwin Thompson. I just think one of the two is going to end up happening uh, by the time the end of the 2020 season rolls around. I don't think Damian Williams will be that bell cow running back. Uh, when I look at my, run, uh, my, my last four rankings here from 21 to 24, I've got Chris Carson, uh, 21, David Montgomery, 22, Carrion Johnson at 23, and then David Johnson at 24. I'm sitting here looking at your rankings, and you've got David Johnson at 23. We both kind of agree there. Um, You know, David Johnson right now, he's got Duke Johnson back there. Um, They don't have a whole lot on offense right now with DeAndre Hopkins gone. Uh, Can Will Fuller stay healthy? Can Kiki Kuti stay healthy? Um, It seems like they're going to rely on the running game a little bit more this year in Houston than – uh, they will the passing game. So I think that could, if David Johnson stays healthy, although he looked like he was uh, moving in a slow wheelchair last year, uh, if he can stay healthy, I think he may have uh, another big season in him. Uh, I think he's he's capable. Um, we'll see. They need to add some more pieces to the offensive line, and they need to get a receiver. But Deshaun Watson is more than capable of you know piloting that offense to uh, a top 10, top 12 season. And if Dave Johnson can stay healthy along with Duke Johnson, they could form a formidable one-two punch. No, I agree. And uh, something that I forgot about the other day when even doing the rankings, which isn't going to move the meter, so everybody, you know, you can stand up. You don't have to sit down and brace yourself. But Kenny Stills is still there as well, who is a very serviceable mm. receiver. Um, forgot about Kenny I Stills. I forgot about Kenny Stills as well. So I, I, I may I, – I, it sounds ridiculous, but I move, I, I'm going to move Deshaun Watson up a couple spots based off of that knowledge. Only because and he's still moving Deshaun Watson up the rankings. Yeah, I, All right, he passes, you know, freaking uh, Big Ben. So you know, Big Ben's been in hibernation for ten years. It looks like so. I, I don't think that's like I said. It's not going to move the meter a whole lot. You know, I'm going to move him up maybe a spot. But you have three receivers that can score in any play. You have three receivers that only one is probably going to play, which is the problem. So week one, start Deshaun Watson. After that, we'll figure it out. But I, I agree with you. I do, you know, David Johnson, they do have a couple of serviceable tight ends. There is no, there, there's no DeAndre Hopkins. There is nobody with that name, that presence that's going to demand anything. But 
the speed guys are going to keep the secondary back a little bit, you know. Um, so I do think David Johnson's going to have some run. I think he's going to get the volume. Uh, you know, he he's one. Of, he he's another guy that is very likely to get screwed in the draft, possibly. But they just absorb that contract, and they have so many holes at the offensive line and on the defense. Like, I can't see them taking a luxury pick at a running back because that's what it would be. Because you can't think that you're trade away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and you're about to win now. But they do have that extra pick. Um, but when it is, who they do it for. The stars would have to align for it to be somebody that really just unseats him, unless you know what he is completely done, um, which which may be the case, and we'll get a better feel. So um, you know, I had Damian Williams at twenty one, uh, Melvin Gordon twenty two, David Johnson twenty three. I have Marlon Mack at twenty four. You have him at twenty five. So I think he's a volume guy. I think he's very uh, he's limited because of the PPR factor. You know, in a standard scoring yeah. league, he you know he probably could move up you know, eight spots and you feel good about it because the volume's there. The injury always holds him back. But speaking of teams that don't have a running back, you know, if they could get a three down back or a dynamic back, um, they could be really dangerous on offense um, with what they want to yeah, do. How they want to play. Them, I would love to see them <laughs> land someone like a Jonathan Taylor, maybe a JK Dobbins, uh, you know, someone like that. Um, they, because to be honest with you, Marlon Mack just kind of bores me. Uh, the name bores me. Uh, I think his his ability kind of bores me. I, I've watched him, you know, play on that indie offense for a couple of years now, and he's just not someone who really pops at me. I definitely think they could do a lot better. Uh, one name who I am interested in, and that's in Chicago, is David Montgomery. I know you got a little piece of him in Dynasty. I unfortunately do not, but I thought he had a lot of talent last year. I thought he he showed he showed flashes. Uh, really, his, his best game of the season was probably the first game of the season when he kind of popped off and I think he scored a touchdown or two. But after that, he really uh, – I felt like he was getting Tariq Cohen and, and Matt Nagy a little bit because Nagy was always getting cute and throwing to Tariq Cohen in and around and uh, you know not involving David Montgomery a whole lot. Uh, there was really no consistency in running run the football last year. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get that, that much more consistency with Nick Foles under center. Um, if Matt Nagy knew what he was doing and was trying to save his job, he would be giving David Montgomery the, the football a little bit more and giving him a little more consistency because I think he's a great running back and I think he's someone who could finish into that top 15, but he just has to have the ball. He needs to get the ball in his hands. He needs to get the ball in space because he certainly is serviceable you know, as a receiver out the backfield. But, you know, will Matt Nagy kind of, you know, stick to a running back? But probably not because he's Matt Nagy and he likes to get cute. And it's probably why he won't have a job after this year. And uh, he he Matt Nagy is the only other person in the league right now that I you could start like holding up a you know comparison to Adam Gase on like the misuse of yeah. talent. Now some of that was Trubisky. Um, I'm not sure what game you're talking about because I did own Montgomery like you said in the league. But week one, clearly the best player on the offense on the field. Oh yeah, and he got six attempts. And they just would not give him the ball. And he got one reception for 27 yards and then didn't give it to him. I'm like, what What am I missing? Like, what am, And that was the beginning of Matt Nagy does not see during the game what everybody else sees. Like, you know, he's the only uh, head coach in the league that needs to go up to the press box because obviously his freaking vision of the field is terrible from where he's at and maybe other coaches. So I uh, – I was burnt by him last year, so this is some recency bias. I completely agree with all the positive things, but as long as Adam Gase is in New York and uh, Nagy's in Chicago, they are going to hold every player on that team back uh, as far as me wanting to touch them. I don't care who goes there, who goes – Brady could have gone to freaking the Jets. I don't care because Nagy would find a way to trade him or bench him, you know, for you know, whomever, Stidham. You know, it's just they, – they get misused. Cohen's a, a very good, serviceable player for what he does. You know, he's a human joystick. Like, but he's not just the volume guy, and they just they couldn't get off of it because he was more dynamic feeling, and he fit into that, you know, just you know, smoke and mirror scheme that Nagy was running. Uh, and, you know, Trubisky kept him inconsistent, which you would hope Foles would, but I agree with you. I think Foles is a journeyman quarterback who freaking – struck hot at the right times, which is uh, uh, speaks to his caliber 
but it doesn't speak to me wanting to deal with 16 weeks of him supporting my team either. So I, uh, you know, uh, but that's our top 24. I, uh, it is amazing, you know, how similar we are on a lot of these guys. I'm really interested with the draft. Um, Honestly, right now the draft scares me because I feel good about so many players. Um, You got to figure at least five of them about to be just tremendously because of the situation. Uh, It's just, and you can see, I mean, I, I can understand Tennessee going to get a running back, Jacksonville getting a running back. Um, you know, the list goes on. If Vegas isn't afraid of anything, if they go get Atlanta, a, Atlanta, absolutely. I feel like I, of all the ones, I think Gurley's going to stay at the exact same spot because he's going to get the first shot at it. He's going to be the guy until he's not. And you know what? He needs to be spelled either way. Um, you know, if Pittsburgh goes a different way, obviously Kansas City. So we're getting a little lower. Um, so you feel good about the top 15 and from there we're going to see, you know, you hope for, you know, you hope Eckler doesn't get competition drafted there with him. Um, you hope Mixon doesn't, you know, the Buffalo proved last year, they wanted Frank Gore, but it always seemed like a trust issue. So I would hope they wouldn't reach or anything for a running back when obviously they would feel like they have some trust in Singletary to let Gore walk. Um, I, I hope it's not a detriment to Singletary, but he looks like a freaking shot out of a cannon when he gets going. Um, Sanders yeah. is another one. Sanders may get crushed in the draft uh, just because, again, you know, just that Peterson system. You know, I, I don't think I think Boston Scott's a serviceable guy, but again, I think you know sometimes these guys hit and you ride it for that wave. You know, there's always that guy at the end of the year that wins a championship and then disappears into the night. So. Yeah, it always happens. You know, the draft, uh, the draft is uh, about three weeks away here, so uh, we'll see what happens uh, while Vincent uh, coughs up a hairball over I'm there. I'm dying. It's because I didn't drink uh, tonight. It's the first podcast I've done sober. Yeah, well, that, that probably says this. So on that note, we'll go ahead and end this podcast. Uh, that was our top 24 running backs, guys. Uh, on Thursday, we'll be uh, releasing our 25 through 50 rankings for running backs, so uh, try to give us a listen. Uh, if you can, give us a follow, guys, at Fancy Pandemic. And I uh, hope you have a good night and enjoy the podcast. Night, everybody. Call me Peter, please. <laughs>